that was around the time that you and me were walking back from past Mably. You said to me that this is the year that I want to get my first blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh yeah, that's a good plan. Me too. <laughs> Hi there. Welcome to episode one of the Ross Trevina Project. Today's guest, he's a former comedy rapper and bandmate of mine. You may know him as the Bearded Dragon, or you may not know him at all. Probably the latter. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve Beard. Beardy today. Very beardy. Yeah, my beard's getting well long. And my hair as well. Look how long my hair is. For a few years, I had just like a normal trimmed beard, and now I've just decided I just want to grow it. My brother grew a long one. Yeah. Can't stop looking at it now. I want to get like a, eventually when it's longer and it goes further back. I want to do a bit of like a back and size and just do like a slick back. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? Uh... Mobster kind of thing. <laughs> I think the mobster fashion should be brought back, really. Yeah. Well, it's basically Peaky Blinders, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that is... That I guess is that very is. So I'll just... Then I'll start shooting people's kneecaps and drinking moonshine and <laughs> driving one of those little like mobster cars. I don't know what you call them. Yeah. I, I was thinking of... Uh... Wacky races. No, not wacky races. The Mob Hill Gang. <laughs> was it Bugsy Malone and they got the pedal cars? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. I was, I was thinking I should get one of them. That'd be sweet. Uh, Bugsy Malone's It's cool. It's a cool film. Yeah, it's a great film. Yeah. Uh, so, have you got any music projects going on at the moment that you wanted to talk about at all? Yeah, I've got one. I mean, it's, it's well, it's not really on the go because I haven't got any gear to record, but that's going to change next month, basically. Have you got a name or is it just Steve? <laughs> just undecided undecided i was working for um am i allowed to say company names if you want it's up to you one of those like radio things where they're like please don't say the company name that's <laughs> like, what you're going to say about the company because <laughs> i'm going to say a guy's name so there's a music artist called damien flood oh okay and um he was a customer at work where i worked yeah and I and when he was he like he 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 sort of emailed in a fair few times within a month a space of a month and I was like that's that's the sickest name ever. What's it? So, what was what was it again? Damien Flood. Oh wow! And I was like the fact that his name his surname is already a, an actual disaster. Yeah. <laughs> and then his first name is Satan's Kid. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's Fucking, that's the sickest name ever. So I was gonna, I was gonna use that because I write kind of like my, all my music revolves around like, um, sort of like mental health issues, anxiety, depression, and obviously like my inner torment and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I thought it would be, and it's quite dark music. So I thought that would be quite a, quite a good name. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Then I, <laughs> me and my mate looked him up. Yeah. Realized it's already a not famous, but relatively known musician what he is or someone else with that name someone already had that name yeah my mate up where the customer was from and where the singer was from and it was the same place oh so you had the musician and you were you would wanted to yeah. jack his name <laughs> yeah basically i was i was heading, heading in the direction of a bit of a lawsuit yeah yeah <laughs> so, um, 
Well, if he's copyrighted it. If not, then I'll I'll be using that. <laughs> no, you call fun. yourself the real Damien Flood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Damien Flood 1.0. You call yourself. I'll probably, I will probably just use my name. Yeah, you should. Stephen Beard. Like I think the the whole beard with a beard thing kind of goes down well with most people I meet. So if I say I'm Stephen Beard, the yeah. audience will be like, oh, and he's actually got a beard. So that's <laughs> My entire life in a nutshell is either why is your name beard but you don't have a beard or your name's beard and you've actually got a beard that was it at school wasn't it basically yeah yeah like, if I <laughs> before now, you had a beard that's why you got a beard now because everyone's like where's your beard beard well someone said to me they're like oh yeah now you're actually uh you're fully representing your surname aren't you and i was just like <laughs> it's my name anyway like and i feel like i don't have to grow a beard to prove a point for my name but <laughs> incidentally i'm very happy with my beard so here we go yeah that's good then <laughs> yeah but yeah if i knew what i knew now when i was in school and someone said why don't you have a why, why is your name beard but you don't have a beard i'd be like well i'm six aren't i i'm, I'm six years old <laughs> The question would be, why are you six with a beard? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> What's your name? What do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, it's my surname. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I will. I will probably use my own name. Oh, cool. Um, I don't really know. Like, in terms, of, I've never really been okay with how to use social media to promote and stuff so i think i'm going to probably get some help with that but in terms of just the actual music itself yeah i'll, I'll use my name i imagine yeah um i'm probably going to keep the the bearded dragon name for my like producing because i want to still produce yeah are you still going to do comedy with that or no i'm not going to do i'm not going to make any like rap hip-hop songs and stuff myself anymore. yeah oh um, okay I'm going to maybe make beats and just try and vlog them, basically, like, use, give them to other people. Oh, okay. I absolutely love making the music, and under that alias, but, like, when I'm just making music for other people, because that's one of my goals, is to be a songwriter for other people. Oh, okay. That alias would be Bearded Dragon Productions. Yeah. Because um, my mate made me a sick logo and everything, which I really want oh, to go. Maybe, like yeah, to yeah, I've got it. It's, like, it's on my... Um, youtube account and everything but when yeah. i take it when i really start pushing it yeah yeah you're gonna have like a bearded dragon one and a steven beard one yeah okay yeah ah that's awesome yeah oh i look forward to, to hearing your new project uh yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah i'm hoping to have an ep recorded and finished ready for gigging by the end of the year oh sweet undecided if i'm going to record it all myself or again get a bit of help because i mean i live in a shared house so i can't really be like recording loud music and bellowing out and and all that so yeah <laughs> yeah I don't, I've, I've got like four or five tracks pretty much finished i just have to actually record them now so oh, okay that's cool <laughs> oh mm -hmm. yeah I did want to quote one of your lines from Bearded Dragon, but if you're going to try and do it seriously, then maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> oh, no, no, absolutely. No, feel free. I'm not, I'm I was proud of the music I did. Yeah, it was a piss take, but no, I, I was really impressed with myself for what I did do with it. So, yeah, um, yeah please do. Yeah. I've lost it now. I must say, a wise man once said, <laughs> if you're not willing to suck the dick, 
Uh, the guy on your left won't promote your shit. You'll wind up on the street busking with no job unless you give the main man a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was the second, the second single from the Bearded Dragon. Oh, okay. It's funny because I was actually trying to look. Are you still on SoundCloud as the Bearded Dragon? Because I actually founded you through. I ended up finding you through uh, Bandcamp in the end. Yeah, I think I'm only on Bandcamp, and that's only recently been in, uh, re-uploaded. So you're lucky to have found that. So, oh, really? Did you get rid of it all and then get and then put it yeah, back up? Yeah, um, I went through a period where I felt a bit sort of, uh, you know, you know how like obviously how PC things are and everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you're you're liable to get attacked for the most for any kind of opinion these days for a while because obviously I get anxiety and stuff as well, which is sometimes very heavily socially based. I kind of just removed it because... Oh, uh, you got scared because of... Uh, yeah, I just sort of like... Because I moved to Leicester and I had like um, like only a few friends and I was going to be working with new people, meeting new people and all this sort of stuff. I thought like, well, I don't want to... I don't want to like, everyone just think I'm some like, you know, body shaming asshole who's like... <laughs> Because <laughs> of some of the stuff that's in the songs, obviously I've got that song that's basically around based upon obscenely obese people. Which one was which... that again? <laughs> yeah, it was called "Fat Boobs Ain't Big Boobs." <laughs> An absolutely hideous concept. <laughs> so, yeah, must have done that about seven, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, and it's just the lyrics are just disgraceful, but you know. Oh well, I think the point is you were trying to be funny though. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, so no, you're not you're not actually saying it to anyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. It's not based on anyone in particular. Yeah, actually, be horrible to these people. And I mean, if you look like Ricky Gervais, ninety percent of his stuff is just being a cunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of look at him and I think you can tell he's a genuinely good person, but mm. he also appreciates a good gag about that sort of stuff like that. Yeah. So there's that thing where he's grabbing that guy's neck fat. I don't know, what's that on? It's on Afterlife. Oh, I haven't watched it yet, no. So he basically describes his fat mate as the, per like, you know when the, the mother dog, like, picks up a puppy by the scruff of its neck, because it's got that neck roll of fat? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he, like, describes his mate like that and just keeps getting people to, like, grab the neck fat and stuff. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's horrible, but, it's, but it's funny, obviously, in context of the show, so. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of justification I make for my <laughs> <laughs> well, Ricky DeVries does it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I think I think you should be able to joke about anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you constantly attack the same thing. Yeah. 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 I was. Yeah. What I was going to say was when I was trying to find you earlier. I'm not even sure if you'll be able to hear this, but I stumbled across a random thing that's actually just about taking care of bearded dragons but it's like a robot voice talking uh let me know if you can hear this or not okay you should make sure the mouse is provided to your dragon in its oh really oh okay that it has been raised that's a shame oh, i don't know how to play it to you uh, okay <laughs> what it's about looking after your pet bearded dragon yeah yeah but it's a robot voice uh doing it yeah i'm not even sure how i would uh play it through the screen Ah, um... oh, no worries. I'll just send it to you later. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, edit... 
What's that? Is that gonna look is that gonna help me look after myself then? Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if I ever if I get another girlfriend I can get back to her and she can know how to look after me. <laughs> yeah. By in my little glass tank. It's about feeding uh um about using a whole mouse and feeding the mouse properly to feed the <laughs> bearded dragon or something like that. I can't <laughs> Well, I'm trying to be uh, vegetarian or vegan. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I say that I had a shepherd's pie last night, so obviously it's not gone well. But <laughs> generally, like, if I cook myself and I'm living on my own and doing my own thing, then I'm basically vegan. But if I get given food or I'm out, I'm not. So my oh, mom, okay. Mum calls me a flexitarian. Flexitarian? Yeah. You're adaptable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I and mean, I, I, I believe, I'm just going off on a tangent here. I, feel, I believe that if everyone ate less meat, then it would, you know, obviously limit the horrific ways in which the animals get killed. Yeah. And obviously also wouldn't be such an impact on the planet. Whereas yeah. a collective of people just completely limiting what they, what they eat, mm. and the majority still eating it all is, is, still not going to really do anything is it so i think if um if everyone just kind of like gradually became more aware yeah you wouldn't feel so restricted in your diet but then you could also help yourself animals and the planet but i think it's called something like food reduction uh, meat reductionism or something like that i don't know some of the movement oh it has a name yeah but in short what i'm saying is i couldn't be a bearded dragon because i can't eat mice <laughs> That's the point I was making. <laughs> and you don't have uh... a... <laughs> and I'm not a scaly lizard. Yeah, I was going to say. The other issue, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your skin's too pink. <laughs> it looks really pink, actually, with the light that I've got on. Really? If I turn that off, I'm still white as fuck. Yeah, I know. Ooh. See? Now I've got a tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. All right, yeah. So, uh... I'll get some notes to read through. I think it's good I got you on first because you're easy to talk to. <laughs> and because I think with the, te the way that technology is now and people can put stuff online, I kind of feel like we would have been doing that as kids if YouTube existed when we were in our teenagers. Teenagers. Yeah, well, it just about started up, didn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. It was like, I remember first time using YouTube was when we were, not using, but uh, coming across YouTube when I was in college. And we had, yeah. and we used to record little skits on your phone. <laughs> Do you remember, like, gay Daleks? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Bong digga digga digga. <laughs> yeah, and I remember there was a moment when your pet, we, we were at your house. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd recorded all these videos and then your parents came in and they were like, oh, what, what have you guys been doing then? And you were like, oh, look at this video. And it was literally me looking at the screen like this going, I really like poo-poo. <laughs> and you absolutely creased it, just like you are now. <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and your parents were just like, right then, productive day. <laughs> <laughs> A day well spent. <laughs> As soon as I first discovered YouTube, I was obsessed with making animations of wrestling scenes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they're on YouTube now still. I made a, 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 I made an animated version of Triple H walking down to the ring and like spitting out the water and stuff, and it's got like over 150,000 views. Yeah. 
oh, I still, when I first released it. So obviously now, if I did that, if you did that with a video now, and it was not copyrighted material, because obviously I've used Motorhead song and everything that he's got. Yeah. I would have been getting paid for that video, so I was always quite happy with that. Oh, that so, I mean, it's awful animation because I use Microsoft Paint and Windows Movie Maker, but <laughs> I was like 15 and it took me about five days or about seven hours a day. Oh my God. And it's like a minute and a half long. I do sort of remember this now. Did you use yeah. actual noises from the wrestling and then just have like a, Some of a it. thing, or were you talking? I can't remember. So I used the music for all the wrestlers and then I had. I remember there was for the for the sound of like when the, there's a video of the rock beating up all these wrestlers and I well that I made yeah what I was doing was whenever someone got like hit or landed on the ring I'd like slam this handset phone down yeah so it's absolutely nothing like it would <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make a bang but it's quite it's funny <laughs> but then it'd be like yeah like you know like when the rock does is like laying the smack down and he's like slapping their face and then spits on his hand and does the <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> spits on his hand. What's it called? Yeah, he actually smacks him in the face three times, spits on his hand, hand and, then and then yeah. <laughs> smacks him. Right <laughs> I was like, I was doing this for the animation. He just wanted to, did you go? <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't think I did the spit. Because you can't oh. really hear it when he's doing it. Because obviously oh, okay. outside the ring. Yeah. And you just see him going. <laughs> like he even does the exaggerated head movement. So it's obvious that he's spitting. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't really hear the spitting, so I left that bit out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I completely so forgot about that. Into my life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't expect that when you asked the question about YouTube, did mm. you? Yeah, you, got, you actually have a story about YouTube. <laughs> How many of those clips did you make, do you remember? Oh, mate, I could send you a link. I, I made about 10, 15. Fuck. And they took like a, almost a week each. No, the Triple H one took the longest because I basically drew an entire WWE arena on Microsoft Paint, like ridiculous. Had like all these little yellow heads in the seats for all the fans and stuff. But no, I did a Triple H Undertaker rock ones. And then I did like an army guy getting shot and blown up with a grenade. Someone getting eaten by a shark. But obviously all you saw was like a fin and then someone's head going under and then just a pool of blood, that sort of stuff. <laughs> Just basically anything. Oh, no, I did a really sick kung fu, kung fu scene, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, but looking back, because I was a teenager, I didn't understand it going, ha, oh, sayonara was... A <laughs> <laughs> yes. The video probably comes across quite stereotypical and racist now, but back in oh. the day, obviously, I just thought I need to say something Japanese, because there's a kung fu guy, <laughs> so I don't want to be, like, English. I, yeah, I don't think it's any more or less racist than it was by that. I think people are just too offended now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you do an impression of someone from another country, you've got to do the accent. The, you? the accent's no, going to be a silly voice, because unless okay, you can yeah. totally speak the language. Sorry, not Yeah. I mean, like, that's, that's how it would be in, like, a full-on um, a... Hollywood-esque. Yeah, film. yeah. They do, they're like so aggressive in those sorts of films. So that's probably more like it. Yeah. Looking back, I wish that I'd done it like that. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's this called? It's literally just called Kung Fu Cartoon. Kung oh, Kung Fu Cartoon. What the channel? Oh, no, no, sorry, the channel. Um it might just be called Stephen Beard. Oh, okay. So when I come to releasing my music on YouTube, I'm probably going to have to make a separate one. <laughs> Stephen Beard. Not the I same, have, like, not the same the loser who made all the cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
this like really serious like melancholic like he and heavy rock music channel yeah and then every every now and then in between the videos you've got like a triple h entrance video yeah to, to keep like switching between the two <laughs> yeah i mean i'm sure there's a niche market for that I'd, I'd be a little bit of a usp for me but yeah <laughs> it might take yeah. off one day and people are like oh this channel's sick <laughs> one that goes viral That's well after <laughs> In cartoon based melancholic musician, yeah, <laughs> never seen it before. Yeah, uh, I had um, uh, a situation. I don't know if you still have a MySpace page or not. Yeah, definitely. I love MySpace. Yeah, I actually deleted my MySpace page recently, but I had like the biggest trying to delete it ever because I didn't remember the email address or the fucking password, and I realized it had my real name on it and the. <laughs> the actual username was like myspace.com forward slash lick my poo <laughs> and then like, yeah and then all the pictures were like of me hammered and stuff <laughs> so i was realizing anyone who was like thinking of employing me would be like oh duh, 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 duh. oh shit <laughs> if any employer looks to myspace to employ anyone now they don't deserve a business anymore. i know yeah <laughs> what are the kids using nowadays <laughs> exactly yeah MySpace. Well, you know you used to be able to put your own song on the MySpace uh, yeah. page? Yeah, that was sick. So I used to have the Dragon Ball Z theme tune. Oh, I remember, yeah. And I remember when I bought, when MySpace was huge, I was in college as well, mm. and I bought a brand new bass, which is still my bass now, mm. which means I have had it for about 15 years. Oh, okay. And the only thing that's ever been wrong with it was a little bit of soldering needed in the... Um, pickup connections mm. which is pretty sick but i bought this new bass and it was like the most precious thing i'd ever had i took it into college in a hard case and it was an ibanez the name of it was an ibanez btb 400 qm blackberry mm. i'll never remember i'll never forget the name of it because i used to just quote that do you know you know Krasky, right yeah 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 hello Krasky, if he sees this so i need to <laughs> <laughs> i basically used to quote that all the time mm. And then, um, and then, because everyone realised how much I loved it, they all kept saying, "Like, what would you do if someone stole it or broke it?" And I, and then I remember my MySpace page said um, something like, "My prized possession is my Ibanez BTB 400 QM BlackBerry." And let me just give you a warning now that if if any man ever breaks or takes my my bass guitar, I won't hesitate to sacrifice my heterosexuality in order to rape you into oblivion. And that was on your MySpace page? That was on my MySpace page at the age of 15, 16, yeah. Oh, jeez. And that's still up. Are you called Steve Beard on MySpace? <laughs> I hope so. I think, um, I think mine actually did get deleted. Because I couldn't find it. I tried looking for it recently because I put some of my college music on there and that was on there for years. Mm. It had this little MIDI funk song called Fluffy the Funky Penguin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I called it that. I just did. Yeah. I got a distinction for the project, but looking back, it was terrible. It was just because I ticked all the boxes of like using like canon technique in the music and yeah. syncopated rhythms and all that sort of stuff. Like the song was dreadful, but it ticked all the boxes. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, what was it? Funk, did you say? But loosely. Loosely, <laughs> yeah, so or was that just the name? <laughs> just assuming it's funk. It was a funk song, yeah. It was instrumental, but mm. there was a there was a bass guitar. It was basically, we had to use the whole point of the project.
project that we had to use like a seven note ostinato which is when it repeats throughout the whole song yeah so you got like a little phrase and i had a bass line that was basically just the, oh yeah and it had to be done in b so i basically had a little bass d which was like seven notes and slap bass going dum 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 for like the whole song yeah and then it started getting all these like guitar licks and drums and then building brass sections and stuff. Okay. But it was cool, but it was just a tacky little MIDI song. <laughs> <laughs> I've completely forgotten what the original question was. Something about MySpace, right? Well, I was just talking about MySpace, but... <laughs> yeah, so that is on my MySpace, if my MySpace still exists. But okay. I don't know. <clears throat> I have to, to keep an eye for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um all right so uh we used to be in a band together we did yeah that's uh, is that how we met how did we meet do you remember it was just through school actually no, it might have been because i know that i met kevin ian mm. by sitting next to kev in history class yeah in like year seven or eight yeah and and then eventually we just kept sitting together in all classes so there was like geography and everything yeah and then i I, I don't know if i met you as quickly as them you might be right we might have started like jamming in that in that music room where we used to was it mr sanders i don't remember his name but i remember who you mean yeah the cool teacher that was actually interested in music as opposed to the boring music teachers who just grinded the boring information. Yeah, yeah. I remember, exactly. yeah. Didn't he sort of... Well, he would always let us practice in the day. Was it at lunch yeah. or something? Yeah, he'd always let us practice in the daytimes and then he would also come in and actually teach us stuff as well. Oh, okay. Because he was... I remember he was the one that drove home the point to me of... Which I've never... Funnily enough, I've never learned. He's... <laughs> <laughs> being able to just have a conversation whilst playing your instrument so that you oh, can you... kind of like freely play it without having to focus <laughs> on it completely oh okay but then what I've realised I just realised I got caught what looks like picking my nose I just had an itch um, it's right it's just going to be audio anyway <laughs> you oh, didn't have it? to admit it yeah <laughs> oh that's perfect okay, well, <laughs> okay, it's lucky that I said I was just had an itch then isn't yeah it? yeah <laughs> In that, in that case, I'm trying to sit here picking my nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he, so I, I mean, my brother's been moaning at me for years when he's trying to talk to me and I'm playing bass and I'm just like, yeah, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, you're not listening to me, are you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure his name is Mr. Sanders, but yeah, I never, definitely never learned that lesson then. Oh, okay. And not talk and play my instrument. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh yeah, I don't yeah, I don't really remember a huge amount about school except do you remember going to a church to practice or something and then we got mad and left because they wanted to talk about God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was well, no actually no, we didn't get mad and le- I I went we went to the first one. Yeah. That was that thing that Ian and Kev called Club. Yeah. Yeah, so it was that church on Grove Street. No, Mill Street. Mill Street, yeah. So, yeah, just going back to the initial question, obviously, yeah, so our band was torn together, right? Yeah, I don't even know if it was torn together at that point. 
don't think it was. No, because um, that was like, when Kev was in it. Yeah, Kev was a drummer, um, and we were all just basically learning the instruments, weren't we? Yeah. And then I remember, yeah, like you say, Kevin, Ian invited me to come along to this club thing. Um, I think that you and I probably did meet through the music. Yeah, maybe. I'm trying to like, think of knowing you outside of that, but I, I don't have any pre-memories. No, I mean, if it was, that. it would have just been us just sort of probably who? chilling. Getting stoned, or, yeah, just getting stoned or something. No, that came, <laughs> that came most later, didn't it? Yeah, I think the yeah, music I think came must first, have just been, man. <laughs> <laughs> spoke to you in class like I did the other guys, and then I think very quickly after I knew them, they said we're starting a band. Do you want to play bass? And I was like, I don't play bass. And they were like, Do you want to learn to play bass? And I was like, Yeah, all right. Don't even know what that is yet. Yeah. But I'll find it's out. Like, it's fine. None of us play in it. Play any of the instruments yet. <laughs> no, that was the best thing about it, though, because obviously if you're all learning. All in it together. Takes away the pressure and like you're all shit, so it doesn't matter that you're Yeah. That was uh uh totally why me and Ian started learning guitars because we went to a gig in Abingdon at the net and all the bands were like had girls interested in them and they were like, Man, we gotta start playing guitar <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, what were you saying? Um Oh, hang on. We were talking about oh, we were talking about the church. Yeah, sorry, my mate's just doing an interview thing for me on his thing, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. Thank you. Um, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's my dad's flat's upside down because I've been cleaning. Oh, um, I see. <laughs> You've been cleaning, then yeah, it's it's more messy than when he left. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he'd like this early, but um, <clears throat> yeah, so. Uh, what's the question? Oh, well, we were just talking about the church, I think. Um, and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that because I was absolutely fuming as well. They basically said, yeah, come along to the club. Um, they didn't say where it was. It was just this place in Wantage. And... I showed up with you all. And it was like, yeah... Well, I can't even remember what it was. I only went once because it was so bad. Oh, really? Oh, he... I thought you went a bunch of times, but... You guys did, but Ian and Kev had been a few times already. Then I got invited a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Went once, and then there was something like... They started reading the Bible and sat us all in a circle. And then afterwards, I was just like, yeah, I'm just not going to go again. <laughs> this is too weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the... What's that? Last, it was definitely the last one and only time I went. Okay, and, yeah, that um, that was that that was the last time I went as well. And it was, I think, <laughs> well, of course they wanted us to talk about God. It was a church, so <laughs> we were really surprised. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think rather than being annoyed at the place for reading the Bible, church in the church community. Yeah, yeah. I think I was more just like to Kevin Ian. I was just like, why the fuck didn't you tell me that that's what was happening? <laughs> Yeah, you get free food and everything, and I was like, yeah, but that free food is probably intended for people who actually give a shit about God. <laughs> so it's like definitely. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, and then what happened with, next with the band? Give me the timeline. Andy, you've uh, broken up a bit there. Oh, I said uh, get, and then were. Where'd the band go from there? We we played one gig at the school, which 
didn't was a bit shit. Uh, <laughs> do you remember that? Right. Yeah, because we'd we'd been together like a week <sighs> or two. Was that? Was it only we, that far in? Literally like a week or like a, like two weeks to a month tops. And no, it was. It was two weeks. Been practicing with Mr. Sanders, and we played something in the way by Nirvana. Yeah, I remember playing the guitar bit completely wrong. <laughs> we that whole thing where we were trying to learn it and just learn it by I mean, ear. I, yeah, so for me on bass, it was literally two notes for the whole song, so mm. I was probably the only person that actually played it right, and it was probably buzzing and rubbish as well. Maybe, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, if you, I didn't, I don't remember you not playing it right. But oh, it I just think I'd, I'd work the notes out wrong. So yeah. And then Kev was playing the drums, which I'm guessing sounded alright because it was a fairly straight beat. Yeah. Um, and then I also remember that Ian couldn't really sing. So yeah, that was... no, that was unfortunate, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blinding guitarist, though. So. Fucking yeah. Uh, uh, and then so yeah, I but I remember thinking it was pretty good at the time. I didn't think, I think it, was it was bollocks, but yeah. Compared yeah, to. Played musician instruments before, and two weeks later they're playing Nirvana. Like it's not too bad, really. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, so then the band kind of changed from, uh, and then became torn together with Jamie. It was around the same time I left Scouts. I think I actually left Scouts in order to practice with Torn Together. Amazing, good decision. Best good decision. decision. Yeah, yeah. And I think I actually ended up as the vocalist. Uh, due to the fact that I didn't have a guitar with me during the first practice, I think that's literally how it seemed to happen, if I remember correctly. Oh, maybe. It didn't seem to be a conversation. It was just like, oh, you yeah, don't have just... a guitar. Why don't you try and sing? And then... <laughs> yeah, but you were good. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I remember there was that song. Yeah, yeah, it was, because Kev, Kev pulled me to one side and said, I know that, I know that you guys don't think I've got the right voice, and I understand that, but if you don't want me to be your singer, then how come Ian's going to be your singer? Because he's not a great, a good singer. Yeah. Um, and then I said to myself, Oh no, actually we've made a decision. Ross is going to be the singer. And Kev was just like, Oh, right. Okay. I didn't know that, but yeah, that makes more sense. So I'm not sure there ever was a conversation. It just kind of happened organically because you sang and we all just clearly realized that you were the person that was going to be the best, um, front man. Yeah. Basically. <clears throat> but then you uh, as well. So you, you were you basically played guitar as well, didn't you? So you were rhythm guitarist and singer. Ian was on lead, I was on bass, and Jamie was on drums, and then we all just threw in backing vocals where necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so and then So what was I gonna say? So, yeah, and then I used to wear a dress all the time on stage. <laughs> you did? All, all the time. All the time, every show. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Great. People mentioned it, so it worked. Yeah, it was pretty silly. Another high point hmm. of the band, and another talking, major talking point of the band was Jamie's faces when he was drumming. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> we can't portray over audio, but just for your benefit, it was along the lines of... Yeah. I remember not knowing for ages and then because I would obviously been practice facing away from him and then I think someone mentioned it after a gig or so and I was like what yeah I think practicing afterwards my mum was just like she's like you're drumming 
your drummer's faces are amazing, aren't they? I was just like, what do you mean? She's like, well, put in all these crazy faces when he's playing. I was just like, oh, well, yeah, he does that. I was used to it by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a shame the band didn't really go further, to be honest. Well, I mean, there were many pretty savage reasons as to why not. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, even even in the starting, while we were still together, uh, we we gigged a bit around Wantage, not a huge amount, and then we had a bit of an issue because Ian had come written a song that was like impossible to play. <laughs> it was just so good. Do you remember that? Which song was that? I don't know. It was uh, oh, um, something about was it called Homegrown or something? No, not, not Chester Memories. Chester Memories was a really good one. Well, no, the other one was really good that he wrote, but it was just... Uh, he just got a lot better than us, I think it was. Well, he practiced all day, every day. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There was a time, there was a point in time where he was getting annoyed with us because he was the only one writing songs. Oh, really? I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah, because I used to go around his house and jam, but then whenever we'd all get together, it was always us working on his ideas. Yeah, yeah. And, Normally, the irony of that is that normally you have fans arguing over using each of their own ideas. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> but he was he was actually arguing the point that I want you guys to do <laughs> just do something. Because <laughs> otherwise, at the time, we might have just been called Ian Donald and the Torn Together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was he was phenomenal. The speaker, because I remember like after obviously for people who aren't, aren't aware, he's uh, he obviously passed away when he was what eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. He, I remember he got meningitis, didn't he? Yeah, so and septicemia, which is now sepsis, I think they call it. Oh, um, is it, yeah, I don't know what that is. Is that changed the name a bit? Septicemia is blood poisoning. Yeah, changed into sepsis for some reason or another, which will make sense, but I don't know because I'm not a doctor. Um, but. He, I hadn't, I mean, the, the the main reason that I probably didn't carry on with the band, I think it all just kind of just phased out. I don't think there was a decision to stop it. Yeah. But from my point of view, basically the, the smoke and weed and all that just got way too much for me. And I kind of disconnected myself from the group. Oh, okay. Gradually, without deliberately doing so, I needed to be distant from the drugs. But... Obviously, the, the nature of the group was that that was pretty much what they did. <laughs> that van practice and smoking weed, wasn't it? And drugs. And at the same time, you'd since relocated from <laughs> King Alfred's to Cokethorpe. So yeah. So you went to school, which made it more difficult because you were away a lot. Yeah. I, I was then a bit absent from the group. Um, Jamie and Ian probably didn't get on as well as some of us in the other in the rest of the group. Oh, okay. So, I didn't. I didn't know about that. Those Did they argue or so, or bicker or? Not. Yeah. Well. Yeah. More so in the context of the band. Oh. Okay. It was just a, quite, yeah. Quite heated, which actually was probably the more adult version of what we should have been because obviously you're always going to have debates. Yeah. Yeah. So it always got a little bit nasty. Um, Ian would. Ian was a deeply intelligent person, so he'd probably patronise quite a lot. <laughs> um, Jamie had a mildly aggressive background because he got in fights in school and stuff <laughs> had like a fairly rough upbringing from the school before i think uh, yeah i remember he said he had a fair amount of trouble at the school prior which is why he removed yeah so yeah. um 
Yeah, so those two didn't particularly get on. Kev attests to that as well. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it all just kind of fizzled. But then I remember the last song... I can't remember this song that you're talking about that he wrote that we couldn't play. Do you not? I can't remember what it was. I mean, I remember obviously doing that. We won that Battle of the Band in the Sweatbox. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then we recorded... It was post-recording. We recorded, we did really well. And then... Uh, I think there was some tension because Ian had written this song, which was a a fantastic song, uh, and I just remember perceiving it at the time as rather than being great and needing to work really hard on it, just being like, "Oh, it's too fucking, it's too technical, man." <laughs> yeah. So you you decided in your head that you weren't going to be good enough to play it. Maybe subconsciously, but. Yeah, it's quite sad, really, but I mean, I've done that many times, mate. I, I sometimes write my own songs hmm. and then and then think, like, you know, like I'll play, like, a guitar part and then yeah. I'll, in my head, like, this, this vocal melody and then I'll be like, shit, I can't play them together yet, so therefore yeah. I'm not going to be able to use this song. Yeah. See, I, like you say, in reality, I just need to practice. Yeah, yeah, I could I could have learned that song, but I think in uh, the moment yeah, it was just... I would, no, I've, I've yeah. years when I've not been play songs that I've written because I can't be able to, so I don't. Hmm. But there was a time when we'd, we'd recorded that, those two songs on the Sweatbox album, which was Visions Fading and Chest of Memories. Yeah. Because we won the Battle of the Bands, but then it turned out that there were supposed to be a lot more bands in the Battle of the Bands, and there yeah. were supposed to be or four places on the album, but then only four bands entered, so every <laughs> ended up recording anyway. But uh, we were the first on the album because we'd won. I was in two of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, of course you were. Yeah, yeah I was in the Because there wasn't actually enough bands to enter. Yes, uh, so... Twice. And one of the songs that you played was also a Torn Together song. Was it? Yeah, you played If Destroyed Still True. Oh, no, yeah, that was after... After the banded, after Torn Together was done, we took on that song to the the other band I was in, but it wasn't, uh, I don't yeah. think it was at the same time that we did that. Yeah, because we had that argument with Ian about mm. paying to do a battle of the bands. Oh, and then we got, yeah, and then we got Jamie's brother to play with us, but that was like the worst gig. That was like, probably oh. the last gig we played together, wasn't it? Yeah, and rightfully so, it was terrible. <laughs> 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 We played um, Four Kicks by Kings of Leon. Yeah. Uh, you Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. Yeah. I attempted backing vocals and then my bass and singing teacher took me one side afterwards and were like, probably shouldn't have done that. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> so my backing vocals were awful, mate. I don't um, remember. I just remember it not being a good gig. <laughs> yeah. And then we also played If Destroyed Still True. Hmm. Which I remember rightly, if the story's still true, that name was taken from some scribe on a bench from some like twelve-year-old couple or something. Someone had someone had written it on the on the park wall near my parents' house. Yeah, and it's to do with like I love this person. If destroyed, still true. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> we turned it into some song about like I can't remember the lyrics. Hypnotize me, hypnotize me. Yeah, yeah. That was like the one song I'd written for Taunt Together. I think. I love <laughs> it was pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Ian did two solos and it had that kind of like Metallica style, yeah, you know, like open E riff, yeah, 
progressing better and better solos as the song went on and then with the whole like at the end yeah yeah i used to love that band i think i think i think people actually watched this and genuinely thought these guys are really good yeah for the age we were i think we were actually a very good band yeah that's the length of time we'd been together if we'd carried on for another year I think we'd have been doing something really good around Oxfordshire. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, like I remember after Ian died and we'd done that album. Um, what was the album? The the, sweat, the Sweatbox one. Did that, not, did that come out after he died? No, that's what I mean. Sorry. So I said those two things in the wrong timeline. <laughs> so <laughs> we recorded... <laughs> So Ian died, and then we recorded an album. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah so Ian, Ian died when he was 18, and then down the line, um, I remember Callum had some audio of Ian playing guitar that I'd never heard before. Yeah. And the, the difference in his play, because I remember when we set up, Ian started a band with Callum and Lee. Yeah. While I was at college with Ian, he asked me if I wanted to play bass for them. Mm. And I said... No, because I was already in a covers band and I was making money, so I thought, well, that would be a backward step. <laughs> yeah. In reality, in reality, I should have said yes, but actually, I think I also used the fact that I was in another band as an excuse because they were playing like really heavy metal, mm. and I didn't want to do that. Like, I love heavy metal, but in moderation. Like, I, I, I don't see myself as a person who would fit into a heavy metal band as in terms of my character yeah and like just my appearance and the way that i am i don't think heavy metal is the genre that i see myself in oh okay um i'm more of a because when we started we were more i'd say we, we were more like what grungy kind ordering, of yeah ordering on rock weren't we because we obviously had changing seasons which the riff was very similar to kind of like nirvana style yeah um yeah, so that's, I don't know, I don't even know what style I see myself as now, but yeah, I remember this, there's this audio, if I can finally get back around to my point, um, Callum showed me this audio of Ian playing lead guitar, and it was insane. Yeah. Like, shredding this solo for like two, three minutes over this track that they'd recorded, and I was like, he did not play guitar like that when we were a band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, obviously, he'd aged a year or two, so... it just kind of hit me i was just like why have i not seen this guy play guitar for like a a year or two Hmm. like it's it's so long so long since i've heard the guy play guitar that he if you'd played me that that clip and not told me it was in i'd have just thought that was a professional guitarist yeah yeah it was ridiculous how good he got Hmm. how quick he got as good as he did yeah but he was unquestionably the most passionate musician i've ever met yeah yeah you see him like even just when he was changing the strings on his guitar like he wouldn't just change the strings on his guitar he'd sit down with it for like an hour or two like polishing it putting like a lacquer on it whatever it is like doing all of your wood oils dusting it down like polishing it everything Hmm. And then he'd put the strings on, and then he'd put his fast fret on, and then he'd play it for ages, and then he'd give it another little wipe down. Yeah. And he used to say to me, like, never play your guitar without washing your hands first. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. Ah. This guy was 
yeah, obsessed, and it was, and it showed. It was inc- absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. And he did it all on the most budget guitar. You've yeah, ever seen. yeah. But he just didn't matter. Like he was one of those people. Like you know, it's like Bob Dylan. Like it's not doesn't have to be anything glamorous. He just played it, and it was sick. Mm. So good. Definitely. Yeah. Well, there's only ever there's only one person since then that I've ever played with where I got a similar sort of vibe. Yeah. Because I felt like for years I was like, I'd jam with a band, and if I didn't get the same sort of chemistry, then I'd just be like, no, nah, I don't want to do this. Yeah. There's a guy called Ben Turner from Whitney who I met online. Yeah. When I had a jam with him, we got on really well, and we're still very good friends now. Yeah. We were in that covers band I did, Rock's Drift, for a while. I don't know. Uh, I remember you being yeah. in the covers band. Yeah, so I did that for a couple of years. It was when I was in Didcot living with Thea, my ex-girlfriend. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like Ben was similar guitarist, like similar person. Like his life revolves around music, like yeah. 100% obsessed with it. And he is, he's got hair like Slash, like just big curly hair and yeah, shreds of guitar like him, like unreal. Like with ease, he just plays like any any rock song you can name. I just play it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I used to love playing with him because you know, I used to think, oh, I wish I could play guitar like the guitarists in bands that I was playing with. Yeah, but. Then the older I got, the more I was quite happy to play bass and actually just appreciate the guitarists that I was playing with. Yeah. But yeah, I've never, in an originals band, never quite had that same feeling as I did with us guys. Yeah. Which I think we were very lucky. Um, just this is the level of talent and the sort of, the fact we all started together and the I felt like there was camaraderie as well. Yeah, 100%. We could joke around and stuff. and. Well, yeah, because we were best friends before we were bandmates, weren't we? So it's yeah. not like, like you've got to force that chemistry and work through all the shit to get to the music. You just you get on already. You know that you're all into the same music. Let's yeah. learn some instruments and make some music. But you were the same, to be honest. Like I remember you and I used to jam quite a lot for a while. Mm. Um. It might have been after we'd split up as well. You and me had a few jams because we had Carl Bennett around. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Jammed with Carl Bennett once, but he was more into... Uh, hair metal. Well, yeah. I mean, he was obsessed with... He's, he's literally named himself on social media after Nicky Six and What's It Lawless, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> Nicky Lawless. Like, he absolutely adores Motley Crue, Def Leppard and all that. So, and like... Um, Alison Chains. I mean, Alison Chains is sick, to be fair, but yeah. So he came around, and it wasn't maybe the style we were looking to do. I, um, was that around my parents' house? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but he was so fucking good at shit. Music. He was really good. Yeah. Man, he can't even play guitar anymore. He's just sort of like. Can he not? He doesn't. Not really. I think he played bass for a while in some other bands. But yeah, he just, I don't know. He just, I think he's like another person. It's really sad. He kind of psyched himself out and just kind of decided that. Based on other things going on in his life, he kind of decided that he wasn't going to be able to make it, and then he just kind of dropped it. Oh, shit. Shame, because, I mean, again, he was one of the best guitarists I'd ever Yeah, know. yeah, he was fantastic. Absolutely unreal, like, how good he was. But you, I remember, when we were jamming, I hadn't played with you for a while between the band and then when we started jamming. Mm. And you were applying for that performance college course. Yeah. And you said to me to apply for it as well because I wanted to do on like a similar course. And I said, well, you said you've got to play at like a grade five level. 
Oh, is that right? I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, that might be the case. Yeah. And um, and I said, well, I've never done my grades. And you said, oh, no, it's fine. You don't have to be the grade five, but they just want of a certain level so that you'll be able to keep up with the course. And I said, okay, well, what? I don't know what, what bass guitar would be classed as grade five. And you basically went, have you heard Hysteria by Muse? And I went, no. And you were like, well, learn to play that. That's probably about good enough. <laughs> So I sat down and tried to learn that, and because I couldn't immediately play it, I psyched myself out and decided I wasn't going to be able to do the course. Oh, um, but then in that same sort of conversation, I was like, well, what are you playing? And you were like, you were like oh, I'm playing um, Waiting for an Alibi by oh, Finn Lizzie. You have such a good memory. <laughs> I can remember what I played there. Okay. All this stuff. Um, and then I came around your house and you were, and I was just like, can you just show me you playing Waiting for an Alibi? Because I was interested to see it because there's so much in that song. Mm. And you just absolutely rinsed this song. It was insane. And I remember thinking, like, because you were always mainly the rhythm guitarist in the band, mm. I don't think I really expected or understood that you would also be practicing lead guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you busted out, obviously, like the, the lead riff. Like the, like the riff itself, isn't it? Yeah. But then there's all the... And then there's the riff, which is just kind of like power chords and a little bit of like flurries and stuff in between, which I still it was still good. But then you started going into the solo, which is all this like tapping and shredding. And I was just like, all right, okay. So <laughs> Ross is actually this good at guitar. I didn't realize that. And, it, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, man, you were well good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was nice as well though, because I remember you guys thinking the same about me. Because I'm, I remember playing. Uh, Ian wanted to play "Throw Away Your Television" by Chili's. Oh yeah, yeah. And he goes to me. He goes, "Do you reckon you could learn that?" He's like, "It's a great bass line." He's like, "But it does sound pretty hard." So and I was just like, "Yeah, okay, I'll give it a go." And I'll yeah, practice yours. And I came around his house. Yeah. And we were all gonna have a jam. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, oh, I've been practicing throw away your television. And he goes, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah I've, I've been able to play it a little bit. And I basically played it. Yeah. Like, nailed, absolutely nailed it. And he goes, oh. <laughs> he goes, he goes. I thought it was going to be like ridiculously hard. And I was just like, well, it's not easy, but I like to think that I'm good. So, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> not an easy, it's not an easy bass line. I'm just good at bass. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. But no, I remember like playing certain stuff and like people would come up to me afterwards and be like, whoa, because I mean, I got so good so quick as well at one point. But then I think there was a period of maybe like five, ten years where I didn't really learn anything new. I just sort of practiced what I already knew. Oh, OK. And then obviously the standard that I was was no longer quite amazing in comparison to the length of time I played. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when I was at Sweatbox and I was playing Aeroplane by the Chili's Higher Ground, but cover of stevie wonder and all this slap bass and no one else in the sweatbox doing it yeah so everyone was like whoa and then uh, tim cox started playing bass and he got very good very quickly and then me and him were kind of like talking a lot more about quite advanced bass guitar yeah but yeah that was that was such a good little period of life that was oh yeah yeah it was great yeah, yeah we did have, like you say we had a good talent pool in the band yeah yeah definitely yeah 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 good times Mental. yeah fair enough oh what you got coming up then 
in terms of life. <laughs> I, I've got. I left my job. Thirty uh, first of May. Yeah. Got made redundant basically, and then I've got a new job starting mid July, and I just managed to get some work in between. So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've got, uh, yeah, I've got a new job starting in mid July. Yeah. I'm going to buy some gear with the money I'm making now. Um, get recording my EP. Yeah. Obviously, as you know, I've been studying property investment, but I think I'm going to sort of make that a much more long-term process because at the moment I've got things that I'm more interested in. Yeah. Um, such as, well, basically music. Oh, okay. That I just think I need to focus on more because at the end of the day, music is something which, you know, there is a there is a very a bit of a deadline to when you can seriously do it. Yeah. And you've already unless you are a famous musician, you can't do that shit to that level for that long. Yeah. Whereas property investment is, you know, you can do that till the day you die. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not in such a position in life where I think I must do it now and get myself financially free or I will be miserable until that you know, that sort of thing. I so if I can learn it and educate myself more properly, I'll do that over the next sort of five, ten years, but at the moment um, Yeah music i just i just want to focus on music like 100 cool and also physical fitness i've been swimming every day this week oh wicked it's um because i've signed on to the gym in, in leicester but obviously i've come down here i don't want to pay for two gyms so i'm basically just going swimming yeah and the job that i'm doing is basically lifting stuff around building stages on the theater so i'm doing basically a seven hours of working out oh wicked and then in the days off, I'll be swimming. So yeah, mental health, physical health, music are my main focuses, basically. Oh, that's good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Anything else you wanted to chat about? Um, what have you got coming up? What are you doing? Tell me the nature of more about this show. What's the What's the plans for it? Plug uh, yourself. No plans. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, see how it goes, really. Yeah. Yeah. So what was here? What made you wanna? What made you think, do okay, it. I'm doing these interviews? What's the... What's oh... Because you've got a music video business, right? I did. I'm, I'm not so much doing that anymore now. Okay. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just needed something to do, basically. I thought it would be a good way to talk to people. And, uh, yeah. Quite... It's like a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Good way to be, like, funny. <laughs> Even though this one hasn't been particularly funny. Except for the odd bit. Okay. That's some good... yeah, no, you're a funny man. You're a funny man. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about, but I'm not sure if it's whether you want to talk about it or not, was uh, how you got involved in a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Regrettably is how I got involved. In yeah. No, the thing is, I don't... Essentially, the, the guy that coined me into it caught me at probably the lowest point in my entire life. Um, that's probably and, a common thread for people who get involved isn't it yeah and in the sad the sad truth of it is that that is the case like no one you know no one's earning hundreds of thousand pounds a year has a, a wife and kids um is doing exactly what they want to do every day and then someone goes do you want to do you want to get involved with this with this uh with this pyramid scheme and go yeah do you know what that sounds like a great idea like there's no there's no need for anyone to do it it's very much advertised to people as a get out like escape business to mm. ch to turn your life around yeah and on on paper 
and the origins of these businesses when you when you look into them it's actually all very um it's all very noble and altruistic like it is there to help anyone be able to do it and create their own self-employed life with this financial freedom however that's how it's sold or that's that's whether that's that is very much what it is yeah uh, the trouble is is that over the years these things have been infested with um people taking advantage of those people yeah so for example in my opinion the guy who um did you know the guy prior you don't have to say his name but like how how did you know the guy uh, well, his name is Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't full name him, that's not fair. But he basically, he was on this property group that I was studying with. Yeah. He, he held up the keys in this picture of himself and said, oh, basically, um, these are the keys to the new house that I've now got that is gonna that has created financial freedom for me and allowing me to leave my job. Yeah. And I thought, okay, great. This guy's clearly done well with property. I'll message him and I'll see what he's all about and ask for some advice. Oh, okay. So you approached him originally. I approached him. Yeah. Uh, and then when we got on the call, he started asking me about what my goals were with property. And I said, well, I want to get financial freedom. I haven't got the income to be able to get a mortgage. So I need to use other people's money, um, investors, to, and then offer them interest on the money. And I'll do the project and give them the yeah. interest, et cetera. Um, as is the basic investment model. But basically, he was asking me all these questions, and I said, but to gain a bigger salary, what I want to do first is sourcing. Sourcing is essentially finding the project. If you've not got the money, just saying, here you go to another investor, give me a few grand, and you can go and do this project and make the real money. And then because someone's got a lot of money but no time, they will pay sources to give them deals so they can then go and invest and make the money themselves. So that was my goal, was to source and make a few grand at a time, build up an income, and then eventually have mortgageability. Yeah. Explained this to Chris, and his exact... Was, oh, don't bother with... His, his, his exact response was, oh, don't, don't bother with sourcing, mate. I've got something better for you. Okay. And I went, right, okay. And then in comes the sell. Um, nothing to do with property. It was like a health and wellness business. Yeah. Um, and it just... At first, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I've called this guy about property. But then what they do is they just beat you to death with questions and, 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 and answers to all your objections. Like, you're trained to do this stuff and deal with these objections. So, for example, if I'd said, I'm too busy, they'd say, how do you spend your time? And then you explain how you spend your time. And then they basically just dictate to you that you're, the way that you're spending your time isn't the right way to spend your time. Yeah. And you're not putting your your needs first you're putting what you want first you know for example like the definition of discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want the most so for example if i want to get big and muscly mm. um what i want right now might be some biscuits but what i want the most is to be shredded so i can't eat the biscuits and you've got actually that's your discipline and that's basically based loose definition that loose definition yeah they'd say like oh well you know if you want to if you want to buy this now and you want to buy that now but what if you save and invest in a business then in the future you can have all of that and more and it's all very glamorous and on paper and in principle it's incredible and i can see why the business model works but at the end of the day the more money you make 
they make exponentially more and those people make exponentially more hence the pyramid scheme name yeah and then if, if you dare utter the phrase pyramid scheme they say well no no it's not pyramid scheme those are illegal this is network marketing i didn't realize pyramid schemes were illegal the, the, the difference being is that pyramid schemes basically are defined as when you don't necessarily have a product to sell you're basically just selling an idea but mm. no one ever gets a product from it which for example would be like um god i can't even think of examples because they've kind of been abolished but even in the same token like the company that i was working with so they were making like skin creams like protein shakes all this sort of health and wellness stuff and if you sell like if you sell the products then obviously you get an income but then the person above you gets a smaller interest on yours than you do and then the person above them gets an even smaller interest so the idea is to fill your team recruit as many people as you can selling these products so you just make all the interest yeah over them um and it's all well and good because you're all in a big community supporting each other and it's all very positive but you're um encouraged to spend basically in the region of 1500 to two grand at the start on products to yeah. test so that they will then buy them yeah is uh, we can't we don't we don't just sell the products we let the products speak for themselves they say and all that sort of stuff so again it's a, a reasonably ethical way to do it from a customer point of view but they do they just beat their people to death like handle objections I think there's like two people that I met in that community who I thought were genuinely interested in helping people. Yeah. The ratio to sharks and um, Samaritans was absolutely hideous. And I I would use the word brainwash. I really would. Mm. People use the word brainwashing and cult. And again, they, they will take huge offense if they hear you say that. But basically, if you... Imagine a cult. Um, you basically just get what well, brainwashed into the mentality of the people you spend the most time with. Yeah, like that's what they say. You're a product of the five people you spend the most time with, and if you're spending the more, most of your time with people saying that that is what you should do, then eventually you're going to do it. And that's very much the trap I fell into. Um, and then I was posting all this stuff on Facebook. Looking back, it was so cringe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the lesson I needed to learn because I'm too quick to confide in people and trust people. Yeah. Um, and what I did was put a hell of a lot of money and trust into this guy and that business. So well, probably two grandish, but I made about five hundred back. But you know, I lost out on about a good grand or grand and a half. Shit. Uh, so but you I... made the money back by selling the products. Is is the person above you buying the products and then selling them to you or are they no so the, above? everyone has like their own because the the, 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 the the selling point of it really is just that the products are great when they are to be fair the ones i was in they were actually good products but the business itself is essentially that the company has no overheads anything like a traditional business model because you're not actually paying your staff because they're only making the money back from the product. Firstly, firstly that, yeah. yeah. Um, everyone's self-employed and, and owns their own business, but what they're actually doing is 
franchising into a business in ludicrously like um, large amounts of people. So they don't have like you know warehouses around the country, offices, all this sort of stuff because all their people are just self-employed and order that have their own website. So if someone places an order, it comes straight over from the factories. So all they've actually got is like a manufacturing warehouse, factories and stuff. Yeah. The overheads are much less, which means they can reward people. So, for example, if you get to a certain level in the business, they give you like annual free trips to Hawaii and Vegas and stuff. But the level you've got to get to to get to that is absolutely obscene. Yeah. In the meantime, you're encouraged to spend monthly and buy all these products, um, exchange all the products you currently use for those products, but they're about 10 times the price. Yeah. They last absolutely ages, but you know the upfront costs are mad. And I, I think on paper, the business model is actually very good. But I think it's just gotten to the point where so many people of the wrong character are in that business, taking advantage of it, that it's just a toxic, um, it's just a toxic waste of money now. Oh, okay. But there's false hope. Also, so much false hope. Like there's people I know that have now been doing it for two, three years, and they've got like no promotions. They're not making their money back yet, and you just think like, where's the line? Yeah, and they're still spending money they don't have. Well, yeah, and I mean at the same time, like you know, if you were, if you were, I've tried various sales jobs, and then eventually I made a decision that I'm not a salesman. Yeah. And you can tell them that to death, but they'll say, oh, no, you don't need to be a salesman. You know, the products sell themselves and, you know, you've just got to be able to handle objections. I was like, that is a salesman. What you're describing is a salesman. Yeah. And the and salesmen the... are the people who are going to be able to sell the idea to the people below them. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah, all the people at the top are basically um, the ones who know how to sell. Yeah. Like, they, they say that anyone can do it, but at the end of the day, they can't. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. They'll make you feel guilty if you want to quit as well. Like. <laughs> all right. All right. Don't you want to help people? Like I said, I said to Chris um, that I'm not sure it's for me. I just don't feel as passionate about it as I think I need to to make it a success. Yeah. And his reply to me, I mean, he was one of the worst examples because he he's really quick to sort of call you his mate and be like, you know, so I'm so glad we're friends and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, I don't. No one says that to their real friends. Yeah, you tell so, your real friends to suck your balls. Do you know what I mean? It's. it's, it's <laughs> so false and like looking back i was i'm just like how did i not see it i was so blinkered by the desperation that i was in because i'd lost my job i'd split up with thea moved back in with my mum had no money yeah and then all along my savior came along do you know what i mean like yeah it's just the timing like they absolutely lap up the desperation it's horrendous it's horrendous um but so yeah, they intentionally, you think they intentionally go for people like that, or that's just the kind of how it works out due to the fact that other people just tend to fuck off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They speak to absolutely anyone willing to yeah. hear them, um, and eventually they're going to find those people. Yeah, that's the, that's the long and short of it. Sales is very much a game of numbers, so it's just you know pitch to everyone and someone's going to buy yeah and i don't disagree with that like some people genuinely need and want the service that you're selling others in the grand proportion are not going to want it but you've got to find those people and it's not your fault that they're not all holding signs up saying this is what i want yeah so I, I agree with sales that you need to pitch to as many people and find your market and then yeah. eventually become recurring customers and you don't have to do that so much anymore yeah and then you get marketing and business that people will be able to find you rather than you find them. I, I get that. 
but telling people they want something that they absolutely don't want or need until they're blue until you're blue in the face so they get bored or or worry too too anxious about telling you no anymore that they just say yes is part of what i've experienced oh really yeah it's horrible mate it's horrible and yet, yet at the end of the day everyone everyone's adults they can you know say yes and no to what they want but that's not strictly a bit of true. coercion not, not strictly true is it like yeah. if, if someone guilts you enough pressures you enough yeah if it gives you enough hope yeah like you're really going to get whittled down it's like toxic relationships if you're if your girlfriend or your boyfriend, um, whoever you are, wants to you to do something and you love them enough, and then they show you enough friction if you don't do what they want, yeah, the the balance between how much you want to help them and what is best for yourself takes a huge imbalance because you're you want to do what's best for other people and eventually at your own expense. That's what happens, and that's the same way that this business works. It's it's nuts. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, his response, as I said, to me saying that I wasn't sure I was passionate enough about it hmm. was, oh, I suppose it depends how much you care about helping people. <laughs> Fuck. What a... Oh, and, my God. Yeah. And then I, and I, um, and I kind of, again, because I was in a low place, I felt guilty that he'd said that. And I, and I thought, sort of found a way to buy into what he'd said. And I thought, well, I do care about people, so if this is a way to help people, then yeah, I do. I, then I do want to do it. And it was it really sort of like you know made me feel awful. So, um, at what point in at what point was this conversation? Well, this was really early on. So this was like to, right at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, lunchtime oh. on the first training I ever went to, where I met all the group, and I said, look, it's just I'm not sure it's what I want to do. And then he said that. Um, he also said. Um, there's a defining moment when I'd realized I absolutely don't want to do this anymore, specifically with him. Yeah. Which I will tell you in a minute. I'm just trying to think of another one in between. Oh, yeah, there was two, actually. So there's a big event they do annually called the Annual Arbon. Whoops, I said the business name. Arbon, Arbon, Arbon. Um, annual Arbon Conference, right? Yeah. And again, I don't think it's the business that's specifically bad. Like every single one of them is similar in, in the same business model. It just depends who gets hold of it. So from my personal experience, I would hold him and myself accountable for everything that happened. Yeah, rather than the uh, business. The business just gave you the... Well, yeah, because the origins of the business are lovely. Like the bloke that started it up basically said to people, look, if you want, if you, I'm not going to be able to pay you a salary because I can't because the business isn't going yet. But if you can sell these products, you get this much money for it. Oh, so it's, it, 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 it's very black and white. And very, um, so the, the actual style that it formed into was not the original intention of the... Yeah, yeah. Since like, since the guys died, I mean, for a start, died. Okay. For a start, they tell you that this guy, the business has been going for fifty years, but actually, I have it under very good authority that the business went bankrupt about five years ago. Oh, okay. Bailed out by a billionaire, and now they've been invested in by Group Rocher. So it just goes to show that a lot of people that are telling you that it's got fifty years of booming heritage is is full of shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my friend Tim, he's involved in it, and uh, again, I won't surname, but he's a very good person, and he has every all the right intentions. Yeah. And he gains people's trust and tells them everything, and just absolutely no pressure whatsoever, and I've seen him work, and he's, he's great. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think he is in the, in the minority, basically. Oh, okay. You don't see many people like him, but he's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a great guy, so yeah. 
if, if if everyone was like him, it would be a great business model. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chris basically, um, he said to me, it was when I said I couldn't go to the event because basically I'm going to be heart and sleeve moment here. I take antidepressants and I'd run out. Oh, okay. The only way to get more was going to the doctor's on that day, calling 8.30 in the morning when they opened and saying, I need an emergency appointment. And I told him about that, and he basically talked me out of it to go to this event because oh of how much God. it was going to help my business and said, like, you know, you'll have all of us around. It's a very positive event, like, you know, and then you can just get some on Monday. And I was like, do you understand how detrimental these, pro these products are to my health? And he said, yeah. uh, he goes, well, I'm not a doctor. I can't medically advise you on that. And I was just like, you, you are just a dick like piece of shit and what was the why why did he need you to go to it so bad because he because you see then how glamorous it can all be and then it encourages you to smash your business sell more products and make him more money is, is yeah. the answer um i do i don't disbelieve that he had some interest in helping people but i think his approach was yeah his desperation to make a success himself far outweighed the altruistic nature of what he thought he was doing. Yeah. Um, and then the final nail in the coffin where I just thought, absolutely fuck this shit was, um, when one of my good friends from university, um, a guy called Alex has had some real fucking bad luck with his family, like illness in the family and stuff. And his nan had been very ill for a long time and she was basically on her deathbed. Yeah. Um, she, um, yeah, she was, I mean, she was on, you know, knocking on death's door kind of thing. And, and I spoke to him about the business with Chris. He mm. said he wanted to take some time to think about it. And, and we were like, yeah, that's fine. Take some time. I get a message from Chris saying, have you, have you checked him with Alex? Do you know, strike while the iron is hot because he was interested in the business and, I, and that's, that was that's all fine that's typical business stuff you have got to do that yeah so I, yeah i said to him like hey man how's it going um just wondering if you've thought any more about the business because you seemed quite interested and it'd be great to work with you and he goes he goes yeah no i haven't to be honest i've not really looked into it anymore because my man's as you know my nan's super ill and i need to just make sure that i'm free and uh, i haven't really got the headspace to be making a decision like this because it obviously involves money yeah so I said, yeah, that's fine. I, I sent a big old message to Chris explaining this. Yeah. And Chris sent me one of the most hideous voice messages I've ever heard coming yeah. back to me, just in the most fl uh, flippant way, saying, um, how did he say it? It was, it was disgraceful. He goes, um, not to sound uncaring, but what's that got to do with anything? What I mean, I mean, it just sounds like an excuse to me, really. It's like, um, yeah, uh, I mean, appreciate that it's you know it's hard and everything, but it's like you know if he wants to start a business, like you just got to do it, haven't you? Yeah. So it's just it's just an excuse, really, isn't it? So yeah, I think just uh, anyway, mate. If you um, if you uh, have you caught up with the other person yet? Oh my god! I was also checking in with someone else attracting the business, and I was just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So I I, th I still sort of mildly psyched myself into thinking he surely didn't mean it how he said it. Um, carried on for a few more weeks and then eventually I was just like, absolutely, screw this. You probably had, did. You is that what kind of changed your mind about him as a person? 
or yeah, because yeah. I've, I've, I've always been. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to look for a pity party here. But I've always been more bothered by seeing my friends and family being disrespected and neglected than myself. Mm. So if I've got a friend who was trying to take the piss out of me, it will take a hell of a lot more for me to stand up for myself. Yeah. But if like my friend or my family are getting the piss taken out of them, I'm like zero tolerance. Yeah. Because you know how much things affect you, but you don't know how much they affect other people. So if I think someone's having the piss taken out of them and they're being taken advantage of or put in a you know vulnerable position, I would yeah. absolutely say to that person, fucking stop it. Yeah. Um, so I basically told him on a phone call in a nice way that I was no longer interested in doing business because I disagreed with a few different moments. He actually, to be fair to him, wound down, um, apologized and sort of said, explained why, where it might have come from. Um, I didn't buy into any of it. I thought he was just trying to convince me to stay. Yeah. Um, and then again, down the line, after I decided to quit, he messaged me this voicemail basically saying like, when are you going to start busking? Like, you're so good. Like, yeah. And, and I know I could just, there was just a step. Just start being sarcastic to you on the phone. No, sarcastic at all. Like, it was all intended to come across as, I really care about you as a person. Even though you're no longer in the business, I really want the best for you. Which basically translates to, if I remain interested in your life enough, eventually you'll see that I am a good person and join the business again. Oh. Because they say that. They say if it's not a yes now, if they say, if someone says no, it doesn't mean no, it means not yet. That's what they oh say. Oh my God. It's, it's relentless, mate. Like it will go on forever. And I just. <laughs> basically him. Do you know what I mean? And you can see from this explanation, I would implore you to share this and say, anyone who's been approached by it, listen to this dude, because this is my absolute opinion on it. And I'm someone who will happily say, I've got no issues with the business model, mm. but the people involved There's on it. There's sharks in the, in the water. Just ruin it. Absolutely ruin it. And it's dangerous, mate. Like, you can't. There's no way. The way that you have to really, 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 really want to do it to be able to do it properly and ethically. Yeah. Um, and most people just want to do it as quickly as they can. Um, and, uh, yeah, your ethics soon take a hit. Fuck. Yeah, that's my experience of it anyway. Uh, what what sort of things should you look out for if you suspect someone's trying to sell you this shit? Uh, the, the biggest thing is vague information. Okay. So if someone says to you, if someone's asking you a lot of questions showing an interest in your life and then they start asking you about that they've got a business they want to share with you, mm. And then you say, what's the business? And they say, oh, no, it's, now's not really the time to, to get into it. Um, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it any justice in a message. It means they've, they don't want you to know yet because you'll research it and decide for yourself that you don't want to do it before they get you on the phone and they won't get a chance to sell to you. Oh, okay. Because at the end of the day, if someone's got a business that they want to, that, you know, if I'm as a musician, if I call up a company and if I call up a friend and I say, look, I got this for something I want to show you, um, I think you'd be really interested in it. I'd love to, I'd love to share it with you, and you might even be interested in being involved. And they go, what is it? I'd go, oh, I've been, 
I'm a musician. I've been making this album, and I'd love for you to like invest in it or be in, involved musically in it. Yeah. What do you think? And they go, oh, okay, yeah, let's have a call, and we'll see if it works. But they tell you nothing, nothing about it. Yeah. That's the main thing. They might say something like, oh, it's a health and wellness business, and I'm helping people to – oh, that's the other one. I'm, I, I help people to create financial freedom um, – with flexible work in their own hours and blah 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 it's all this sort of like basically they'll tell you what you want to hear um they'll, they'll, they'll encourage you not to research the business because <laughs> honestly they say but don't don't look into us <laughs> you won't like what you see <laughs> yep, basically. jesus because so many people have, they'll say that the people who have given the negative reviews are negative people who didn't take it seriously enough and therefore they blame the business whereas actually it's their own fault yeah it sounds uh, like it sounds like scientology a little bit uh, well scientology so, is 100 percent a cult yeah so uh, like there's the people who criticize scientology are not i forgot what the word they use is they're not right about Scientology. That they're essentially haters, but they use a different word. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. But well, actually, what happens is they've been involved with it, realise it's toxic as fuck, and they don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Um. So, for example, there's a guy whose books they plug in the. You know, they plug all these books of people that promote network marketing, and it's people like you know Richard Branson, this guy called um. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki, who's a really, really world famous investor. Um. They all endorse network marketing, and the people use that as a platform to say, well, these people think it's great, so it must be. And it's like, yeah, because these people are making a shitload of money to say that it's good. Um, <laughs> so if we all Richard Branson and this billionaire company says, if we pay you £10 million, will you just make a video saying how great we are? He'll go, absolutely, I will do that, as long as it's not something that's going to make me look like, as long as you're not Nazis, I'll do it. That's the long and short of it. Like, yeah, so there are, there's too many red flags to look out for to miss it. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad, in a way, saying all this, because I have a few friends that are, you know, authentically, ethically trying to do it. Um I probably want to wring my neck if they hear that I've said this, but at the end of the day, that's my experience, and I have no intention of ever promoting it ever again. So yeah, exactly. They know that. Like the people, like the people who I, who I, my friends, they know how against it I am. Yeah. Um, so and how bad my experience was. Um, but they are kind enough to leave me to it and not try to drag me into it because they are genuine friends. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if people get involved in these sorts of things, I wouldn't say that it's... You don't necessarily have to be a prick, but... You... Yeah, black and white. Like, I could have... I, if I had more of a backbone at the time, but I was in a desperate place, you know, you can you can make it work. It just takes a hell of a lot of work. But Yeah. But if it, it has to be something that you're... You can't be doing loads of other stuff at the same time. And I think ultimately, if you can remain your... Keep your ethics intact, then you can be a great example of what it should be, and it yeah. can work. And you can have a very good loyal team that will help you get rich and you can help subsequently help them get well, not rich is the word, but financially free, build a good income. Um, because they are genuinely good products, the ones that I was using. I still use some of them now. Um well, I'm you not still got a big box somewhere in your house. I flogged all that. Oh you flogged it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sold the last of it for 140 quid the other day, it was great. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Wicked. All, all, in truth, all of that was worth about four hundred quid, so I made a massive loss. But yeah, it is what it is. You got some back. You live and learn. Yeah, you know, trial and error in life, isn't it? You got to you know, 
And I think at this point, I'm 31 as of about two weeks ago. And I. Two weeks ago, I thought you were. I have your birthday written down for like in two weeks' time for some reason. No, it's the 18th of May. Ian's is the 30th of June. Maybe that. Oh, I'll double check. Maybe I've got Ian's birthday. It's your birthday for some reason. Yeah, yeah mine's the 18th of May. Yeah. So uh, that'll be why I didn't get a text, you bastard. Okay. You did anyway. Actually, no, because you're not on Facebook anymore, are you? No. 18th of May. I swear I got it from Facebook. Yeah, well, let's be honest. No one's on. No one. Uh, no one remembers their friends' birthdays now without looking at Facebook. Anyway, no, so. that's why I've made notes of different people's. I must have written them down wrong. <laughs> at least yours. Fair enough. You're you're still a genuine friend. I'll let you off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not my. You're not my friend by a pyramid scheme. You're all no. <laughs> I have got something to sell to, sell to you, though, Steve. <laughs> this has been a big ruse. <laughs> <laughs> have you wanted to start your own podcast <laughs> <laughs> every time I do a show you get commissioned yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and I'll advertise loads of shit on your show and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that's that's interesting anyway um, I was going to say you're still in contact with anyone and is anyone else left that you know I don't know anyone else who's left um, my mate Tim my um, mate Claire, both of that, the, the, I mean, the, the friendships there are also involved in property because a lot of the people, this Chris guy used to um, poach a lot of people from the property network. Oh, okay. Um, and basically di- redirect their interest in, in, in property into this procurement scheme. Um, Shampoo. And he used to give Chris, <laughs> he used to give Tim a lot of stick about his priorities. Like Tim would say, well, I can't come to this event for Arbon because I'm going to this property event. And Chris would say, oh, where's your commitment and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he also talked me into going to one of these events and missing a third day of a very important event. Um, and then giving me praise for it and then making Tim look bad. Yeah, he was a total dick. So Tim, Tim is the only person I'm majorly in touch with. It's a lovely lady called Claire from Liverpool. Um, yeah. I've got quite a few people on Facebook who I sort of keep in touch with. There's a, another girl called Liz from Liverpool. She's cool. Um, a couple of people blocked me. Really? Yeah, and I didn't even know why. I got on really well with them, but I think because I said quite a few bad things about Chris, I think they would just thought, oh, this guy's really negative. We don't want oh, him. Okay. So they can fuck themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just think, you yeah, know, fuck it. Like, got enough friends like one of my closest friends now i've only been working with for like six months a guy called callum he's one of my favorite people now he's irritating as shit he's bipolar and he's got adhd so he's a bit of a handful at times but he's an absolute legend <laughs> um, he's quite open about that as well i'm not being horrible okay <laughs> i've only got two percent left on my battery oh that's that. cool yeah i was gonna say you should probably wrap so anyway because i've got two percent on my bladder uh <laughs> so yeah anyway uh it's good to good to chat to you man and i'm glad you managed to escape from uh the uh shampoo entrepreneurs and <laughs> yeah anyways man yeah lovely to chat to you and uh I, we should do this again anyway yeah 100 percent, man yeah nice one hey thanks for making it through to the end i don't want to break the fourth wall here but I don't have a clue who I'm speaking to. But whoever you are, you probably have better things to do with your past hour. So thank you very much for listening and thank you to Steve for joining me.